There's interesting developments in the world of polygamy next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our program again uh, with our co-host uh, Bishop Earl. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we are going to discuss the latest events oh. in what's going on in polygamy. Fascinating. Yes. Yeah, these things are always happening, it seems, and so we're going to talk about them uh, on this program. Before we begin, however, uh, with the latest news that has been happening in the world of polygamy, I would like to just clarify again why we use the term Mormon polygamy. People have questioned <laughs> why you're insinuating. The LDS are living polygamy, but we're not insinuating that the modern LDS churches are, are polygamous, but we're defining the differences in the philosophy of various contemporary uh, polygamists. Now, Mormon polygamy, of course, refers to polygamists who believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God and that he received a commandment for the Mormon people to practice plural marriage or be condemned to hell. Now, anything or anyone that is thought to help earn eternal life would be, by definition, the Savior. So they claim that polygamy as their savior. Now their claim is nothing less than a slander, of course, on God's love, and he never did command polygamy. But polygamists who have no Mormon connection would not be counted in the Mormon polygamy phrase that we use. Now there are thousands, even tens of thousands of Mormon polygamists in Utah and in the Intermountain West. Utah's legislative session this year dealt with more issues that pertain specifically to polygamists. Now, please keep in mind that polygamy is against the law in every state in the United States of America, and the Utah state constitution forbids polygamy forever. It reads like this. Yeah, this is Article 3. It says, Ordinance. The following ordinance shall be irrevocable without the consent of the United States and the people of the state. Religious toleration, polygamy forbidden. First, perfect toleration of religious sentiment is guaranteed. No inhabitant of this state shall ever be molested in person or property on account of his or her mode of religious worship. But polygamous or plural marriages are forever prohibited. Now that's right straight from the Utah Constitution. So why are they still making laws regulating the practice of polygamous when polygamy by the Constitution is prohibited? Now beginning with the polygamous pioneers and through the years of Mormon uh, polygamy domination in this state, there have been uncountable numbers of people who have tried to escape the trappings of unwanted plural marriage. Now, plural marriage is always presented to the female with the stipulation, God said it, and you must obey, or you will displease him, and he will condemn you, and then you will belong to the devil. That's the way it works. Most Mormon polygamy groups use that kind of coercion. They use the guilt, the shame, the, the fear, the obligation in getting the people to comply with polygamy. And none of their threats, of course, are true of God, nor does it reflect the way God deals with us. Now, typically, if a teenager wants to escape from a looming plural marriage and the, the only way she sees out of it is to run away, 
the official policy has always been when the teenager is found, reunite her with the parents. It doesn't matter or didn't matter that the parents were polygamous or if they were forcing her into an unwanted and illegal plural marriage. All that mattered and the only priority was returning the teen to her family which in essence is condemning her to a lifetime of subservience in an illegal plural marriage. Well, thanks, <clears throat> thanks to recent legislation, this may now change in Utah. House Bill number 343 covers several items. Among them are these. Yeah, these are interesting. <clears throat> it amends and defines the terms. It amends the definition of sexual abuse. It amends provisions related to runaway children. It requires a court or the division of child and family services to take into consideration a child's wishes for placement, and it makes technical changes. Okay, so this bill offers some needed protection to teens who run away from polygamist homes. Some polygamists have expressed concern that this law has too much focus on religious group. But it's time. <laughs> it's time that they offered protection to the polygamy group problems that have a history of sexual and physical abuse and forced marriages. They have previously been ignored, and it's time that teens from polygamous families receive the same protection that other teenagers have always had. We want to quote from a KUTV news article. Allison Cooper is a high school senior with a dream of becoming a police officer. But two years ago, she ran from her polygamous family and the only way of life she had ever known. At 16, she feared an arranged marriage. I didn't want to get married in the group, and I knew that was coming, she said. I knew that I was next. Now, Allison is from the Kingston Polygamy Group. She said she had been required to attend marriage preparation classes beginning at 11 years old. Mm. They do that in the Kingston Group. Terrible. It is terrible. And the girls must attend these marriage preparation classes where they learn that they need to obey their husbands and to be good, submissive, plural wives. 11 years old, they're still kids. I know it. They're still, why don't they let them grow up <laughs> or allow them to be kids before they make them grow up? And do they do you that know? until they're 16 or 17 or until they're I don't married? Know how many, I don't know how many, how many years the marriage classes but take. They start them but early. they start them at 11. Wow. I think they start them at 16 in FLDS. Wow. Um, but it's not unusual to arrange plural marriages and, and in any of the groups. And, right. of course, very often the girls are quite young when these marriages are arranged. But now a little bit of good news comes from the state legislature. On the last night of the legislature, House Bill 343 passed the Senate after earlier clearing the House. Not a single legislator voted against the measure. The bill makes it a sexual offense for threatening to subject a child to participate in a sexual relationship regardless of whether that is part of a legal or cultural marriage. That's good. good deal. Yeah. Pre previously, previously, the law would rarely help when someone wanted to escape if they were underage. Allison also said this. It's not wrong that you don't want to get married, she said. The law will help you get out and succeed and you don't have to be afraid. This bill, when it becomes law, will give underage girls an out. And they should have been doing a better job protecting the young girls who wanted to escape from polygamy groups decades ago. Oh. This is a little late. Well, our next item is yet another lawsuit has been filed <laughs> against the FLDS, 
Warren Jeffs, and other officials of the FLDS and the former UEP, which is the United Order Group of the FLDS. Now, you'd think that they'd run out of problems, but they just keep facing more. The Salt Lake Tribune reported this lawsuit, which was filed in 3rd District Court several weeks ago. This is part of what's happening. Yeah, from the Tribune. Alleges that as part of their FLDS beliefs, men have historically sexually abused and assaulted underage girls. However, under Warren Jeffs' leadership, the lawsuit's plaintiff, a 20-year-old woman identified as R.H., says a new practice involving ritualistic sexual intercourse with young girls began. Starting when she was eight years old, the woman says, she would be taken from her home wearing a bag over her head to an unknown location, typically an FLDS temple in the Colorado City, Arizona area or other church or trust-owned properties, where she would be assigned a number for a religious ritual, according to the lawsuit, there, she was reportedly sexually assaulted by the Jeffses, Nielsen, and other church members and leaders. When the men weren't assaulting her, she says, they watched. Oh. Now, that makes you cringe, doesn't it? It does. It surely does. She said that Jeffs warned her that if she cried during the assault, God would punish her. And he also warned her not to tell anyone what was going on or God would destroy her and her family immediately. They love to use the words, God will destroy you. You know, I heard it all my life. And that's what Joseph Smith said when he threatened Emma with destruction (laughs) if she didn't comply with plural marriage. That's a wicked legacy, but it's there. The lawsuit further alleges that these rituals happened to her five to six times a week for many years. Mm. When she was 14 years old, the lawsuit alleges, she was forced to watch and document other girls' ritualistic abuse with church leaders. The woman's attorney, attorneys cite evidence recovered from the FLDS Church's temple in El Dorado, Texas, on the compound where Warren Jeffs lived before his arrest and conviction for sexually assaulting two girls as proof of the abuse. The woman says the abuse continued when she turned 16 and began taking part in ladies class to learn to be a good wife. During those classes, she says, Lyle Jeffs would escort her out of class and into his soundproof office where he would sexually assault her under the guise of further teachings in the class. Now, Lyle Jeffs is Warren Jeffs' brother. Yeah. Apple doesn't fall, fall too far from the <laughs> tree, tree, they say, and yeah. this is in the brother thing. But anyway, he was convicted not too long ago with a prison sentence for the recent food stamp uh, food fraud stamp. scheme of $11 million and, of course, unlawful a flight, a flight to avoid prosecution. And, of course, we pray that these abuses what has been going on will continue to come to the light of scrutiny of what these Mormon polygamy groups are really all about, which also includes pedophilia. And that just just it just keeps on coming out yeah. more and more and more of it. Well, next in the news is Winston Blackmore <laughs> and James Oler, and we've talked about them before, Our too. Canadian friends, huh? Canadian yeah. friends in, in polygamy. Uh, they were prosecuted in British Columbia, Canada, and found guilty of having plural wives. Blackmore has between 24 and 27 wives. Different articles I read had different count there, but, you know, what's, yeah. what's two or three more <laughs> after 24? And he has 145 children. 
Oler has five wives, and there's no release count of how many children he's got. But their defense was that anti-polygamy laws was an infringement on the Canada Charter of their right to freedom of religion and expression. Mm. So anything can be freedom of expression based on that. You know, anything in these yeah. crazy marriages can be. Well, after many years of court proceedings and, and back and forth with all of this, finally, on March 19th of this year, 2018, the court dismissed all their arguments and stayed all the charges against these two polygamous hmm. men. We quote. Yeah, both men have been leaders in the small community of Bountiful in southeastern British Columbia, where court-heard residents are members of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which condones plural marriage. Blackmore was found guilty of marrying two dozen wives, while Oler was found to have five wives. Okay, so they took him to they took him to court for being polygamous for 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 living polygamy, yeah. and then Blackmore and, and Older Chart made you know um, uh, their plea that that this was against their rights. They should have the right to have these wives. The court ruled that it is not unconstitutional to charge someone with polygamy, which was the essence of Blackmore's complaint. Now, they haven't been sentenced yet, but within the next few weeks, sentencing should take place. Now, it's bothersome that the Mormon polygamists continue to use religion as justification to break the law. Their own creed states that they'll obey the laws of the land. And the Supreme Court ruled long time ago that we have the right to believe whatever we want, but have no right to break the law in doing so. Now... Our next news, news item is an interesting situation yeah, taking interesting. place in Hilldale, Utah. Now, Hilldale is the twin city with Colorado City, both of them on the border of Utah and Arizona to the south, of course, and is nicknamed Short Creek. So Short Creek refers to both towns. Both of, oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Okay. Both towns is the location. Okay. Now, last fall during the election campaigns, we commented on the fact that two polygamists were running for two separate public offices in Utah. Only one of those two candidates won their bid for election, and it was Donya Jessup, who was running for mayor of Hilldale. And she was elected, and she now is the first female mayor yeah, of that town of Hilldale, Utah. Um, <clears throat> She's also the first mayor to be elected who was not a member of the FLDS polygamy group. Now, many of our viewers who are familiar with our program or with the Mormon doctrine of patriarchy will understand how profound, even how shocking it is to have a woman to rule over men. <laughs> now, Mormon patriarchy upholds male supremacy, male domination and dominion, uh, male rulers, and all of this, of course, under the male priesthood authority. So how has this worked for this fundamentalist Mormon town to have a female mayor? She, of course, <laughs> she, of course, has authority over many men who are in public service who hold government offices there, and many of those men would be and are polygamous. Well, that's what our next news item is all about. There have been several different news programs and articles written reporting this situation as it unfolds in Hildale, Utah. We quote from one of them. <laughs> Municipal workers in a Utah town run by a polygamous cult 
resigned in mass after a non-cultist was elected mayor and enacted major overhauls. In November 2017, Donya Jessup became the first candidate in over a hundred years to become mayor of Hilldale, who was not a member of the radical offshoot of Mormonism called the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or the FLDS. Six of seven town workers and nine members of different town boards, all of whom belong to the cult, quit after Jessup's victory in the election, prompting her to begin a massive staff overhaul of the town government. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, this amazing. shouldn't surprise people who really understand, you know, the, the inner workings <laughs> the, of, yeah. of this Mormon patriarchy. Um, male domination. Now, the utility board chairman was Jacob Jessup, and he said his religious beliefs forbids him to serve under a woman as mayor because she was both a woman and an apostate. Now, that's two bad marks against her in the Mormon polygamist lifestyle. Now, he wrote a letter of resignation to her, and it was posted on the internet just a few days ago, and we are going to read the letter. Earl's going to read it, but we need to make note that it's dated. Earl brought this out to my attention. I didn't even see that it was dated wrong on 217, which means that probably his, his secretary yeah, put the wrong date on there. But maybe. the date inside the body of the letter is the correct date. So yeah. this is what he wrote to Donya Jessup. So it says January 25th. We think it's 2018. To the Honorable Mayors of Colorado City and Hilldale, please accept my resignation from the Utility Board as of January 31st, 2018. It has come to a point where I have to choose between my religion and participation in city government, and I choose my religion. My religion teaches me that I should not follow a woman for a leader in a public or family capacity. Brigham Young, see the Brigham Young Sermon of June 15, 1862, wherein he states, when the servants of God in any age have consented to follow a woman for a leader, either in a public or a family capacity, they have sunk beneath the, sta the standard their organization has fitted them for. When a people of God submit to that, their priesthood is taken from them and they become as any other people. My religion also teaches me to leave apostates alone severely and not have anything to do with them. See Brigham Young's Sermon of June 16, 1867. However, as apostates have been appointed to the utility board, I feel it is time for me to resign. Thanks for the opportunity to serve and for your understanding. Sincerely yours, Jacob N. Jessup. So notice, he was blatant, you know. Not very politically correct. That's their point. No, not really. But he, but he stayed, and he's using Brigham Young, you yeah. know. And this is early Mormon polygamy pioneer doctrine. That's right. That you cannot serve a woman, you cannot serve under a woman, and you cannot serve certainly under apostates. And notice he said that they were to leave apostates alone severely. Now, this is a shunning that they do. If you, if you don't believe in what they do, they just wipe you, you know, you're gone. You're not even part of their memory anymore. Um, and it's very, very um, bad situation that they do with families in uh, that regard. But there are several other men who, uh, who hold on to that patriarchal attitude, who have followed Jessup's example and also handed in their mm. resignations. Now, Donya Jessup said that she knew this attitude prevailed, but she was shocked that it all took pl place so blatantly. And she responded to Jessup's letter like this. <laughs> 
If you cannot work with me, then it's good that you are moving on because this is the future of Hilldale and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a good answer. Now, she admitted that all of the, the resignations have been no surprise, but even though there have been many resignations, there has not been uh, damage uh, to the function, sure. to the functioning of the local government, and to her credit, she's filling vacant positions with ex-members of the FLDS and non-members of the religion, which is another first. Now, she said she wants to be sure that the interests of everyone in the city are represented equally, which is something that has not been accomplished or even been a concern in Hilldale, Utah, for over a century. Now, an interesting facet about this situation is written about in another report, which is entitled, and I quote, Gaps abound in articles on new female mayor in polygamous Mormon town. <laughs> and we want to quote from that article. What's really interesting is the nature of the new mayor herself. Donya Jessup is a former member of the religious group, but left four years ago over unrest about sect leader Warren Jeffs and how he's running the group. She returned to Hilldale to buy an evicted member's home and start a business. She's in a plural marriage, but no longer follows the tenets of the FLDS religion. Nothing more is said about the mayor's personal life, but what a hole in this story. Donya Jessup left the community, but is still one of several wives. Why were these tasty details left out? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is fair to ask that question. She's still in a polygamous relationship. She just left the group yeah. authority. And that is a concern. Now, we've been criticized for constantly reminding our viewers that polygamy is against the law. And we make no apologies for that because it is against the law. But more importantly, all members of government service take an oath of office where they swear to uphold the laws of the land and also the Constitution as public servants. And polygamy violates United States laws and the Utah Constitution prohibits polygamy forever. You read that earlier read in that, the yeah. program. So our question is, why are these abuses, why can they take these oaths and, and, the, the, and yet the abuses of the law are ignored even by those who are in office as if they didn't even exist? Why are Mormon polygamists allowed to continue to thumb their collective noses at civil authority where in many cases, if you or I did that, we'd be thrown into prison without pity? Now, we wish the mayor of Hildale well and that she does a good job of bringing equality to all who live in the town of Hildale. But we also pray that she, along with all the FLDS, whether they're members or apostates, will find that polygamy has nothing to do with God, but it was God who designed monogamy, not polygamy. Well, and they're also following, like you said earlier, about Brigham Young and Joseph Smith. They, they snubbed their nose at, uh, at the law yeah. whenever it was convenient or they needed to. So yeah. they're just kind of following. They're just following along. right along. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. And, and that brings me to another very quickly. There are many attorneys uh, who are in the Utah Bar Association who are polygamists. Uh, polygamy groups have attorneys, have their own attorneys in the group. Why are they allowed to be under the Bar Association when they have to take the oath to uphold the Constitution? And they're polygamists. And they're polygamists. And the Bar Association knows it. Oh, boy.
Our final news item comes from Billings, Montana on March 13, 2018. A polygamist named Nathan Collier has been married to his legal wife, Vicki, since the year 2000. Well, later he applied for a license to legally marry Christine as a second wife, but was declined the license. Despite the denial, Nathan and Christine had a religious marriage ceremony, but Nathan said in order to avoid bigamy charges, they didn't sign a marriage license. <laughs> now, a Mormon polygamous marriage ceremony is a highly private, secret ritual that includes being sealed together for eternity. The couple agrees to the eternal marriage covenant. Plural wives give their husband another wife. He's married to them for all eternity. They will be eternally pregnant, giving birth to spirit babies for eternity, which will populate his planets because he <laughs> believes he'll become a god and become god of that planet, at least one planet. <laughs> now, this is all mythology, which the Bible warns us against, but they do believe it. Sure. So, even though Collier <laughs> married a plural wife in their secret ceremony, he still challenged Montana's law against polygamy. We quote. Yeah, the Colliers argued Montana's anti-polygamy laws infringed upon their rights to cohabitate, intermingle finances, and raise children together. Okay, so he he charged them, and that's you know that's been going on now for a while. People. Yeah. you know, challenging the laws against polygamy. And it's an ongoing desire and agenda for Mormon fundamentalists to challenge the laws in, against polygamy in their attempt to make it legal. I think we've all seen that in the political environment yeah. in recent years. This attempt by Collier, thank God, wasn't a success this time around, we quote. A federal judge has rejected a Billings family effort to overturn the state's anti-polygamy law. U.S. Magistrate Timothy Caven said in 1878 U.S. Supreme Court ruling upheld states' rights to establish anti-polygamy statutes. So again, it was turned down. The <laughs> yeah. challenge was turned down. And there will be others that will challenge it and you know, continue to beat against it. And, and of course, we're grateful that once again, uh, we see other states that will face head on and Canada uh, will face this problem head on and defeat those who want to turn polygamy into a viable legal lifestyle. Every single independent study on polygamy have, ha, has found it to be abusive, oppressive, and an affront to equality, to women's rights, uh, to the rights and safety of children, and to basic human rights. <laughs> And that's the latest news in the land of Mormon polygamy. <laughs> there is just always something going on and someone always trying to push the, push the law mm -hmm. and try to... But I still don't understand how we've allowed the people in, in positions of authority and government and so on to, to be able to practice polygamy and still be... And still be part of the... Of yeah. the uh, and and I, I agree with you. I know when... Um, well, I don't have time to talk about that now. We can talk about it another time. But but they are in these public positions, and they still practice, nice and it's well known they do. So I don't understand it Just either. Hypocritical. Yeah, it very much hypocritical yeah. and double standard. Yeah. Well, thank you, Earl. You bet. Catch very you the next time. Yeah. You know, in the Mormon Creed, which we talked about, which they call their Articles of Faith, part of it says that they believe in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. Yet historically, Mormon polygamists haven't lived up to what they say they believe. Their polygamy has always been against the law from the first they started it, and beginning with Joseph Smith, they've always lied about it. Now, Jesus calls people to follow him, 
In fact, he warned them to, to not to follow the actions of their hypocritical religious leaders. Now, my question has always been, how can this culture say they believe in Jesus when they don't even believe what Jesus taught? Spiritually, the only safe place to be is in the hands of Jesus Christ, not in the teachings of Joseph Smith or of Mormonism. Jesus promises that when we place our full trust in him, he will keep us safe in both of his hands, and that's the best place to be. Thank you. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.